another exciting episode of Not Your African Cliché. My name is Onyeka, aka Yeka O, and today we are joined by a guest, but before he tells you who he is, I'm going to let my co-host tell you who they are. Hey everyone, this is Amayo. Hey everyone, it's Ife. Awesome. Ife isn't here with us today, but for good reason. Ife, we can't wait to have you back on the podcast. Um, But we have a special guest today, and I think it's a very timely guest, um, one that I have searched high and low for. But um, (laughs) guest, do you want to tell people your name, where you're from, and what you do? Well, thank you. Um, I am Jimisani Kariati from Malawi. Uh, I was actually born in Mzuzu, which is the northern part of Malawi. And then I went to the university, which, which is the Malawi Polytechnic where I studied Bachelor's of Science in Information Technology. And um, I am an entrepreneur and the founder of Micromake, a Malawian-based hardware startup that is locally developing low-cost drones to deliver medicine in the hard to reach areas of Malawi. Awesome. awesome. So Dumi is our first guest from Malawi. <laughs> Excitement yeah. in the room. <laughs> so we're very, very excited that you're here. Just to kind of give people um, some location perspective, Dumi, can you tell people where where is Malawi? What countries around Malawi? Just to give them an idea of where it is on the map. So Malawi is in the southern part of Africa, the southern part of Africa, and we have uh, uh, Zambia. Uh, Tanzania and Mozambique that are neighbors that are neighboring Malawi. Awesome. Thank you very much. Ladies, do you guys know anything about Malawi? Not a lot. Um, yeah, very ashamed to say. I, I know that okay. the that's, that's protagonist true. of the boy who harnessed the wind is from Malawi. Ah, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Pop culture, <laughs> my friends. <laughs> Okay, but this is this is one of the reasons why, obviously, we have this show, guys, um, just to kind of expose ourselves to the different things going on on the continent. So, Dumi, you're going to be our, like, representative spokesperson for Malawi today. I hope that's okay with you. Um, so just to kind of give us a, a background um, to Malawi, um, just, I guess, pre- Pre-colonization, like how how many tribes are there? Um, can you give us a little history, a brief history lesson on Malawi? Well, so uh, Malawi has tribes like Chewa, uh, there is Ngoni, there is Lome, there is Tumbuka, and uh, Yawo. Those are the uh, like common common tribes in Malawi, and. Uh, before that, uh, Malawi used to be part of the Malawi Empire, like the Malawi Kingdom, which was stretching from uh, Mozambique and then up up to Malawi. So that's like the pre-colonial history of Malawi. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So then 
Malawi was colonized by the British, but that wasn't the first like introduction or exposure of Malawi to other foreign nationals. So can you talk a little bit about that and then leading up to colonization? Okay, so uh, yeah, before before the British, uh, there were there were some Portuguese who actually explored Malawi, but they 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 did not uh, they did not colonize it. Um, yeah, and then came uh, came the uh, David Livingstone, who explored Lake Malawi, which, which by then Malawi was not called Malawi. It was like actually Nyasa land. And Nyasa, yeah, Nyasa was, uh, was uh, a Yao name for uh, meaning Lake Nyasa. Mm. So, yeah. And then after that, that's when came the British, uh, the British colonial, uh, which actually um, uh, brought the name uh, Nyasa land. To to the to to Malawi, which first was Malawi was part of the Malawi Empire. So the Malawi Empire kind of it it wasn't just in Malawi at the time, right? So it was in other places like Mozambique, correct? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, but then colonization, I'm guessing at that point, is what created the country Malawi, or yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then called Nyasaland. Like any, any, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. So with, with that, um, what are things that you would say Malawi is noted for? So the first of it, it's, uh, it's the beautiful lake, uh, with fresh waters, which is, uh, Lake Malawi itself. Um, yeah, that, that is like a landmark from Malawi and then we 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 got our independence our our independence in 1964 which is uh one of the airy airy african uh, countries to get independence like in the in the airy 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 ages so i would say those those two things the lake malawi and the fact that we got independence um area um i would say those are the uh, big things that malawi is known is known for okay Something interesting that I came across was that you once had a president who designated that he would be the president for life. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Can you talk wow. a little bit about that? <laughs> so uh, that is Dr. Hastings Kamuzubanda. So Dr. Hastings Kamuzubanda became president in uh, 1964. Uh, and he was the, um, he formed a party, which is MCP, which is the, which was the only ruling party by then and um he became president for life uh as in there was nobody else who could uh, oppose him um so that was around uh 19 1960 1967 or yeah 1967 or something like that when he actually declared uh, declared himself as as the president for life and so he ruled up to uh, 1994. Mm-hmm. He was the president until 1994. Uh, that's when he was replaced by the multi-party system and uh, UDF led by uh, Mulusi now became, uh, came into power. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and opened up much party system. Hmm. Wow. I, that When I read that, I was like, wow, okay. A person just decides that they're going to be the president for life. This is their life's goal <laughs> and life designation. Um, I do know that Malawi has had a female president. And doesn't she share the same last name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is uh, uh, Joyce Banda, Dr. Joyce Banda. Um, yeah, they, they share the same name, but uh, they, are not, they are not related. Oh, okay. At least, yeah, at least it shows that they are not related. Okay. All right. Well, big ups to Malawi for at least having a female president. How That's long huge. was she president for? Uh, it was uh, only only one term, so it's uh, five years. Oh, okay. Why didn't she get a, a second term? Why wasn't so, she reelected? During the second, uh, as, as we're going towards uh, the elections for the second term, actually, uh, something dramatic happened, which is dubbed the cash get, which is like one of the major um, uh, money hist, money like government money hist that has happened in Malawi. Hmm. So like history shows that it's a chain, it's, cha- it's a chain of, um, of money hist, which started from the previous parties. And then it got to be known during the time of uh, Joyce Banda. So uh, that, yeah, that was one of the contributing factor to the, um, to not winning the second term. Okay, so she was tainted by the scandal of the, of the like money, corruption scandal essentially, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, that's sad. Yeah, so I mean, okay, just for clarification, this started before she became president but then continued while she was president or people just, they didn't know. Or it came to light when she was president. Right. Well, well, it's, it's still not so clear how, how, how it got to become, but then uh, research shows that it started way back. Like it started way back and it continued through her term as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. So when I was kind of looking up just like modern day Malawian news, one headline that really caught my attention was this idea of like vampires in Malawi. Um, And I thought that that was a very strange headline, but it kept like I kept seeing it over and over and over and over and over again. So what is the deal with vampires in Malawi? Well, yeah, that that was one of the uh, yet another dramatic um, situation that happened and it was really terrifying uh, it was a terrifying situation so it is believed that it's um it was more of um like spiritual beliefs like rituals whereby uh people would wake up in the morning uh feeling like somebody was drawing blood from them like sucking blood from them so that's why, yeah, that's why the whole event was dubbed um, like like the vampire, because um, like like women and uh, like uh, young people and others would claim that they would see a light uh, through their roof, like through the roof of the of, of their home, and later they would just wake up weak and. And yeah, feeling like their their blood has been sucked. Though uh, 
through medical research mm. they there wasn't clear there wasn't clear um evidence to prove that but then there were cases coming up like every day and from different parts of, of malawi more especially in the southern parts so there were like a lot of people coming up up front talking about it which which was really strange though we never got to cash one exactly in action that's so would you say that Malawians are very spiritual people like what's the religious beliefs of most of the people in Malawi oh so uh, like the common uh, le le religion in Malawi the uh, le religious groups is uh, Christianity and Muslim uh, I mean Islam uh, but yeah in the in the little areas people still believe in the ancestral uh, culture like uh, uh ancestral spirits and all that um which which so when when it comes to that it's it's really hard to express what is going on because uh not so many people come up front to talk about it to say this is how it's done or this is how it goes but yeah. then stories come out yeah stories come out and people share the experience like uh what the, what they've gone through wow that's very interesting. Um, th thanks for telling us a bit about the history of Malawi and its people, where it's located. Um, now we're going to make a, a little sharp turn into Micromec. And so you talked about earlier that you have um, a Bachelor of Science degree from Malawi Polytechnic. Um, and in pop culture today, you know, everyone is talking about the Netflix movie that was directed by Chiwetel Ejiofor, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. Um, and so kind of going in that vein, you know, what, what do you think prepared you for the startup that you, you ended up with now? Okay. So yeah, yeah. Um, one of it, I would say it's through my studies at, 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 uh, at the university, but before that, I, I've always been curious, like I've always been curious about science and how the world works in general. Because I remember at a young age, I was fascinated up, um, about magnets, like how magnets are able to attract and how actually the compass, the compass uh, works, like it's able to, to point the true north. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, things like those were, were keeping me curious to say, how do things work? And it gave me the curiosity to dig more. Uh, such that when I I got selected to attend the university, the University of Malawi, the Polytechnic, doing a Bachelor of Science in Information Technology, uh, towards the end of my second year, uh, I got introduced to a microcontroller device. So with the microcontroller device, it was different from what I was learning in class, actually, because the device actually gave me uh like showed me that i could come up with my own gadget like i could program a gadget while in class all we were learning was text-based programming which mm. i really didn't yeah which i really didn't enjoy but when i got introduced to the microcontroller device i realized that i could come up with different innovations that i could showcase to people and so i started developing like on my own and i could show i, I could show um the the innovations to my friends which 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 they liked and when i got to my third year 
something good happened because I got exposed to entrepreneurship through the three three day startup organization, which is an international organization that uh, trains college students in entrepreneurship through a three days intensive program. So they were visiting Africa for the second time and visiting Malawi for the first time. And they were looking for 40 ideas uh, from college students so that they can select from them and then train through train, train us through uh, entrepreneurship. And so I applied for that through Facebook, actually. <laughs> I told them that, yeah. So I told them that I had a, uh, I had a gadget, a security system that could, uh, like a home automation system that could control the security as well as control rights. But by then, I, I, I really didn't have the device. Uh, the guys gave us two weeks actually to come up with that innovation and present it at the three days uh, intensive um, program. So I, I, I gave my idea and then I worked through the two weeks actually to come up with that device. So I came up with a prototype that would uh, detect when your rights are on or off in your room. So when you turn on a light bulb, it will tell you via the, uh, via, via the device screen that lights are on. And when you turn off, it could tell you that lights are off. Uh, and so when I presented that um, at the three days um, training, it was one of the best ideas that was presented. And we went through the three, a three days intensive program, learning on uh, business planning, uh, how to pitch your ideas and things like those. At the end of the three days, uh, six ideas were supposed to be voted as the best. And my idea was actually best, uh, voted the overall best out of all the ideas that were presented. And that was the start of my very first uh, startup, which was Microtech. By then it was not called Micromech, it was called Microtech. And so that was the first like uh, innovation that, I mean, that, that, that was the first year startup and the first gadget that was showcased by me to the public. Um, yeah, uh, so that, that was in 2015 and we were encouraged to register our startups. So I went ahead and that was in December when the name Micromech came about. So the name Micromech uh, comes from microcontrollers, like microcontroller making because um my uh, our innovations are actually based from micro microcontrollers wow so i'm curious going back to your very first innovation why was that the one that you picked uh so by then uh, there were so many blackouts in malawi uh yeah and it, uh, it's still the situation now there are so many blackouts in malawi whereby you could be somewhere and then there is a blackout at home that you're not aware of. So you, 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 which means you haven't even planned for that. So I was thinking like- Sounds like how, Nigeria. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking, how can I come up with something that can alert someone that the, the, there are no lights at home? So like that was, that was the reason why I came up with that to say, a device that would 
a late shoot to say lights are on, lights are off. It, it was simple like that. Oh, so you didn't have to be in your house. You didn't need to be close to the area. It so how did how did the gadget work? I'm a little curious. Okay, so uh, by then the gadget was just in the pro in the prototype stage. Mm -hmm. So you would place the gadget in the loom uh, or the place where you want to detect whether there is right uh, there's electricity or not. So once you leave it there, uh, the prototype would send you a, a reminder, a, like an SMS reminder, uh, to say lights are on, lights are off. Okay, and so then that was your springboard sort of for what you're doing right now. So can you tell people a little more about MicroMac, why you chose um, the drone technology? So if you could tell us the journey towards getting there and then why you decided to do that. Okay, so yeah, after after coming up with that gadget, it, it, it wasn't the only one. There were several that followed uh, from um, water controlling systems and all that, all, all based on microcontrollers. And then when I, when, I, when I got to the fourth year of my study, I came up with another device called TDOS. The reason why I came up with TDOS, which is today's dosage, it is because uh, when I was in the fourth year of my study, I wasn't staying on campus. I was staying, um, I was renting outside. So I would pass through. Our school was near Queen's Hospital, like a hospital which is the, la the largest hospital in Malawi. So as I, as I would pass by the hospital, I would meet women who would, would, would go like, can you please share me some money so that I can use for food? I've been here for three days. I came here with my daughter. She, she, she got sick and now she's healed, but I can't go back home. And so I was thinking like, where's your home? And always it, it would be like a district, uh, some district far from Blantyre. So I started coming, I started thinking around to say, how can I come up with something that can help outpatients uh, who stay far so that maybe there are cases that don't really need doctors to consult them. They, they can get help via, via, like, via telemedicine, remotely. So I came up with a device called TDOS, which is an SMS, yeah, which is an SMS reminder for outpatients to take their drug uh, drug uh, dosages. So when you go to the hospital, doctors can use the device to register and diagnose the patient. And when the patient goes back home, the device starts to send them reminders to say, take Panadol, take aspirin, and whatever was, prescri was prescribed for them via SMS. And so through that, um, I got, we happened to visit Zomba, which is a district after Blantyre, as students that formed a club called Enactim, which is an entrepreneurship club. We went there so that we can have our, activ our entrepreneurial activities and showcase what we were doing. By accident, actually, uh, when we were in Zomba, we met with a group of uh, female engineers, uh, both lecturers and students from Virginia Tech University which is a university from the USA. So we got together and I showcased my innovation, my innovations, which they loved so much. 
And when they went back to the US, they introduced me to their um, mechanical engineering department, and more especially the head, uh, the head of the unmanned systems lab at mm. the Virginia Tech, yeah, at the Virginia Tech University, who were interested in my innovations, and so we started sharing uh, emails, and they they gave me a plan on what they are working on because. The unmanned systems lab developed different kinds of aircrafts, both from unmanned systems and other other aircrafts. So they started sharing me what what they were developing on, and that that opened my mind to say, what if I can be coming up with innovations like drones that can then be used to deliver medicine uh, in the hard to reach areas, which was connected mm -hmm. to the TDOS, like to help the very same women that would. Would, would walk far distances just to come mm -hmm. here to get Panadol. Yeah. And so I started doing research around the drones. I started looking at what, what, uh, what microcontrollers can I use? And uh, we get together with a team of my friends and started developing a quadcopter drone, which then I was sharing with the Virginia Tech uh, University to say, this is what we are working on. And by 2016, 2016, uh, in around November, the head of the Unmanned Systems Lab uh, came, came, came to Malawi from the USA, and they met me. Uh, that's when they shared me some plans of, of, an, of a novel aircraft called ECOSO. It's, a, it's an autonom autonomous drone. By then, it was, uh, it was yet to be developed. And so when they showed me that, I was so much excited to say, I think this is what I've been looking for. If we, if, if, if we can have something like this being locally developed here, we can actually easily get medical aid from one place to the other. So they started sharing me those, those plans and we worked on a collaboration to say, um, whereby they said they would come and train me and my team through development of um, of the low cost aircraft, which happened now in November November 2017. So at the same time, Malawi and the government of UNICEF uh, introduced like the largest drone corridor in Africa, and mm -hmm. the first yeah, and the first in the whole world. Is that the uh, like, is that the one with like Victoria Challenge or is that a different one? No, that's uh, that is a different one. So. This one is in okay. Kasungu district. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's okay. the first. Yeah, it's the first drone corridor uh, dedicated to humanitarian purposes. Okay. Uh, in the yeah, in the whole world, and it's the largest in Africa. Mm. So. Mm. Sorry, before you proceed, what does drone corridor mean for others that are unfamiliar? What does drone corridor mean? So a dedicated like airspace or. Yes, yes, yes. So it's a dedicated airspace whereby companies and universities all over the world are invited to come over to Kasungu and test their drone applications in real life. Like it's a district with real people, real challenges. Mm -hmm. So when you're, yeah, yeah. So when, when you are testing, you are testing with real people and real challenges. And the drone corridor is uh, dedicated to three areas. That is transportation, uh, imagery, and connectivity. 
So in mm -hmm. transportation where is you can test transportation of uh, medical supplies, while connectivity, you're looking at the rural areas which don't have internet. How can you get uh, inter internet connectivity using drones there? While in imagery, that's where you're looking at um, environmental monitoring and uh, monitoring things like floods and mm. and yeah and others. Mm. So yeah, so when the team from the Virginia Tech University came over in 2017, we we had a workshop in 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 Lilongwe, I mean in Kasungu, uh, where they taught us how to locally construct uh, these low-cost aircrafts uh, from 3D printed parts and foam body. And that gave me uh, the niche to say, we can actually be locally constructing the drones here in Malawi. And that was the focus, uh, and that was the change of focus for Micromake from just being a hardware-based startup that 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 was developing different kinds of uh, uh, microcontroller-based uh, hardware into focusing into developing of low-cost aircrafts for delivery of medicine. Wow, that's pretty cool. Can you tell me? So you've been mentioning like micro, micro. What were you calling them? So these are my, micro microcontrollers, microcontrollers. Okay. So a micro, mm -hmm. yeah, Can a you tell us more about them? Yeah, so a microcontroller is a small gadget, is a small device um, that has a processor and has inputs and outputs. So you can connect to this device and then you can come up with almost any any gadget that you can think of in the world that exists mm -hmm. in the world or is yet to exist in the world. So that's, that's how, yeah, that's how cool my, my, my controllers are. Is, so would you say, do you know Raspberry Pi? Exactly. So Raspberry Pi is a microcontroller? Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. It's awesome that like you, you built a microcontroller. That's pretty that's pretty cool. Yeah. So for context, Ras Raspberry Pi is a like you said, a microcontroller, but I know it as a a computer like processor thing that you could use to build other things. So people usually they sell it as a kit and you can use it to build like a whole new computer. You can use it to build like a robot. You can use it to build like a vacuum. Like you can use it to build anything. It's that's pretty awesome. Do you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yeah. So we are actually using Raspberry Pis as part of our in our aircrafts actually as part of uh, image processing, like uh, capturing images. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, mm -hmm. using a yeah yeah using a Raspberry Pi camera. Mm. Oh. oh, I didn't know Raspberry Pi also made cameras. So. Have you had any like flights yet? Have you flown any of your aircrafts? Yeah, so uh, we we had our initial test uh, through the support of UNICEF and the Virginia, the Virginia Tech University uh, at the drone corridor, where um, one of the locally constructed drones actually were, uh, threw 19 kilometers from a remote clinic in Gogode, um, carrying a simulated drug package in less than 16 minutes wow. while the same yeah while, while the same distance was covered by unicef cars which took um uh, about an hour to get oh, wow. to where yeah to get That's to where amazing. we were significant yeah yeah to get to, to where we were which which actually proved that we can really indeed um reduce the time 
for deliverance to less than 30 minutes. But now the, the plan for 2019 is to stay active in the drone corridor. And so uh, because by then we, we were testing through the Virginia Tech University and through UNICEF, uh, mm -hmm. now Micromec, yeah, now Micromec has made, uh, is, is initiating contact with the UNICEF drone corridor team here in Malawi locally so that we can stay active uh, in the drone corridor. And we are looking forward from, from the month of May up to, to, to December to be active in testing, um, in testing mm -hmm. the aircrafts. And it looks good because um, uh, the, UNICEF, the UNICEF Malawi team, the UNICEF drone team in Malawi, they're excited to have us as a local, as a local company being active in the drone corridor. Mm -hmm. So what would you require to stay active in the, in the drone corridor? Is it like, do you have to have financial like backing? Like what, what are all the requirements that you would need? Yeah. So one of the thing is you, you need to have financial backing, backing uh, provided by yourself because they are not providing uh, funding for that. So what actually Micromic has, has done this year is we have been selected for the Goalkeepers Youth Action Accelerator, which is an accelerator by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the Goalkeepers Youth Action Accelerator has selected 26 youths across the world. And I am one of them um, as one of the- Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. So uh, they are supporting Micromic with uh, uh, 30,000 US dollars, both in finance and uh, mentorship, so that we can use, yeah, um, starting so that we can use that support uh, to bring about uh, innovations in data. Um, so Micromic is constructing or construct 10 aircrafts in this year of 2019, which has already started, and test in the drone corridor so that we can generate evidence-based data that can mm. prove that we can, yeah, that can prove that we can reduce waiting time for uh, essential medical supplies, lightweight medical supplies, such as dried blood spot samples from the current 11 days that it takes to less than 30 minutes. Oh, wow. So I, I have two um, questions or comments, I guess. So the first is, so just to be clear, so Micromac is still in the testing phase just to make sure that you know, everything that you guys want to do can be done. And like you said, you're collect you're collecting data to prove that you can do these things in like a short amount of time, right? Yeah, that's true. Okay. We are we are currently in the testing phase, yeah. Okay. And then the second thing is, um, with regards like being a business and you know, like you said, being an entrepreneur, um, with regards to funding, I know you said you're currently backed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, but before you know, before all that, how were you able to source funds to like, you know, grow your business and how was that process like? Yeah, so that is interesting because it really has been hectic. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I used to to fund, to fund my company through like my pockets. So mm -hmm. yeah, we would, we, I would do some small piece works and then I would use that money to to pay lentils for my office and to buy other supplies, even to buy the uh, gadgets, the my Ventura gadgets. And uh, some some part of the money was was from my from my parents actually, my mother and mm -hmm. my sister. 
yeah, who would support me. And when I was in college, when I was in college, I would use my my uh, stipend allowance just to fund my my company as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then when I when I graduated, I went straight. I, I continued I continued with my with, with with my company, and so we would develop things like aircrafts, and uh, I mean we would develop things like websites, and and posters like graphics just to generate income so that we can fund mm-hmm. our main idea, which was the development of the, of the hardware, um, uh, beat the drones and, and, and others. So that went on uh, since 2016 to 2017. And then in 2018, I, I got selected for the Yali Mandela Washington Fellowship, uh, which got me to the US and so I, I I went to Northwestern University, where I studied um, where I studied business and entrepreneurship. So at the end of um, at the end of my um, leadership uh, experience, uh, there was a competition, a pitch competition, where we were presenting our ideas, and I I I I was one of the winners where we won. Uh, we won a prize of five thousand five hundred US dollars, which was one of the, which is one of the record that was like a tangible money to come in, into our pockets, um, apart from the side hustles that we that we are doing. So I would say the journey has been uh, quite like that. Hmm. Going off of that, That's what amazing. do you think are some of the other challenges that you faced running Micromac? So one of the thing was the age factor. Mm. Um, yeah, like being a young entrepreneur, uh, coming up with different innovations. And then when you get to present your innovations, uh, big companies would, would, be, would, would go like, we so much love your innovations. And these innovations, if it was anywhere else apart from Malawi, I think you could be somewhere else. But unfortunately, we don't work with small companies. So continue with your innovations and, and perhaps when you grow, we can get to support you. That wow. was one of the major, yeah, that was one of the major challenges that I faced because I, I remember um, uh, there, was, there was one product that Micromec came up with. This was a security system, a security system device that would detect an intruder in the area where it is stored and it would send you an SMS alert to say, there is an intruder who has break uh, break in in your in your room yeah and so i took this to one of the major major security companies in malawi and i met the ceo of the of the security company and he was like your gadget is even better than the gadgets that we are using unfortunately yeah like and and he said unfortunately you you don't have the capacity to mass produce so we cannot work together Wait, what? like they could have, they could have invested and like had a stake and like you know helped you get to mass production. That's so weird. Yeah, so those those are those have been some of the common some of the common uh, challenges that we have we have been facing. And uh, apart from that, one has been through I, I can call it bureaucracy process. 
like legislative process whereby there are just some other government uh, uh, legislations that hinders innovations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that that I'm saying that in terms of uh, like getting access to things like mobile money payments, because there there have been other products that Micromec has been coming up with that need to get connected to mobile money payments, but mm. we were. Yeah, we were not granted. We 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 have not been granted access to those. Interesting. Wow. How would how would Micromec work with mobile money payments? What what's what's the? I don't know if that's something you can share, but that sounds interesting. It's not an immediate connection people will make between you know drones and mobile money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, for us to stay for us to stay in the business, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to come up with different products. We had to come up with, with different products so that they can support they can support our main activities, which is the development of drones and the hardwares. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, so we came up with with another um, uh, system which is called Pesa. Pesa means find in in Chichewa language. So what Pesa does is it connects informal labor service providers to potential clients near them using uh, easy to use USSD system which can work on, on a uh, basic mobile phone as mm-hmm. well as uh, on smartphones. So when uh, a service provider, let's say a taxi driver or a plumber or a hairdresser, uh, um, can upload their services there and people dial a short code, which is star 384 star 707 hash on Airtel. And then they can get to get connected to those people in real time. Mm. So for people for people to pay for services for those services, we need we needed to get connected to mobile money payments, mm-hmm. but through things like registration and things like those, mm. we were not granted. Yeah, I know, I know, I know some in in Nigeria, for example, like the financial regulations, like you have to have like a minimum amount of money as like balance, like they maybe sometimes classify you as a bank. So there's some there's some regulations I know that we have in Nigeria that kind of make it difficult for smaller people to break into things like mobile money. So I'm guessing it's similar for Malawi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then at the end of the day, that just kills innovation because right. you yeah. have to look at startups. Yeah, you have to look at startups. Uh, mm. Most startups just come from an idea. All you mm. have is, a, is an idea that you want to get out to the world. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Um, I had another question about your your drones. Like, how many flights have you done now? So we are usually testing. I would say uh, maybe uh, over over thirty over thirty thirty mm. flights. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So we use both the the fixed wing the fixed wing mm-hmm. aircrafts that that we are developing have okay. a specific. Yeah, have a specific area where we, we, we can fly and that's that's in the drone corridor. That's okay. that is where it is yeah, it is dedicated. But we also have other services where we are using quadcopters. Quadcopters. Those are like the multi rotor ones. Y- yeah, which we can easily fly in the city like Blantyre, where the uh, the aviation space is not yet opened for uh, for the fixed wing type of aircraft so the quadcopters can fly even within confined a- a- area space okay 
And um, what's the payload of your delivery drones? So how much stuff can it carry? Okay, so the, the current prototype that we have has 0.5 kg. Uh, okay. zero, about yeah, approximately zero, from 0 0.4 to 0 0.5 kg. Okay. So with that, we are targeting lightweight, lightweight mm -hmm. payload, things mm -hmm. like dried blood spot samples, yeah, dried mm -hmm. blood spot samples, things mm -hmm. like uh, uh, pregnancy test kits, mm -hmm. uh, things like yeah, emergency like sex pills, you know, things yeah, that yeah, are yeah. So this, this is a, a random nuance question, but why does it have to be dried blood and not, um, you know, just normal blood? Okay, yeah. So uh, that that has to do with the cold chain. Um, um, you know, transporting dried blood mm -hmm. spot samples uh, makes it one like more lightweight, and mm -hmm. secondary, okay. yeah, and secondary, it makes it easier for transportation without uh, having to take much uh, of, of uh, to take much into consideration of the cold chain because if it was just blood. Your, your transportation cargo has to keep that blood at That's a certain temperature. temperature. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, oh, sorry. Anyone sorry. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I you know, like a lot just, of... I'm like, firing him with questions. Like, yeah. Like, my excitement so when I, whenever I found um, me, I was like, Ife is going to nerd out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can already... I can see, like, Ife is just like, okay, how can we... Mm, I know. Y'all need to connect after this. <laughs> yes. Um. So, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so the, the face of, like, drones in Africa has been zipline, which, which yeah. works in... Rwanda and it's all you know like you know all very fancy and 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 stuff and they're doing good work but it's just low key maybe high key infuriating that they're like the face of drones in Africa and they're not an mm. indigenous african country you know right. they're based their headquarters is in california um mm -hmm. they're you know white american people coming to do this stuff in in Africa and which is like great you know they're doing great stuff but again like you're also doing stuff and I don't yeah. know when you started but the fact of the matter is that the, the resources are not as readily available to you mm -hmm. as they are to them and it's not saying no we can't do this stuff we're doing it it's your proof that we're doing it but you know it's just the access to opportunity access to funds that is you know like you you, you know what's there's nothing stopping you from being the face of drones in Africa other than than money. Um, yeah. That's just one comment I wanted to make about just it being frustrating about that reality. Um, mm -hmm. But but yeah, have they been in touch with you? Have you, you know, do you know them? Yeah, no. so um, I, haven't, um, I haven't really got in touch with them, though we have got to acquire a couple contacts, which I believe maybe in the um, sooner will be will be initiating contact just to learn more from them, like uh, um, their business model and 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 all that. But yeah, it's true that zipline, though it's it's the face of like drones, it, mm -hmm. it's not really like an indi indigenous uh, African uh, mm -hmm. company. Yeah, while while for entrepreneurs like us uh, uh, despite the challenges that we are facing 
we know we know the african problems better right yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it's mm -hmm. like we know the corners we like we know how to interact with the community and what our communities want mm -hmm. and that's why against against all odds we still have that um that mentality to say we are still making this this breakthrough so while while you're talking about this Dumi, like i see so many parallels between you and William Kamkwamba. And for those people who don't know who that is, he is the one who, the boy who harnessed the wind is basically about who um, was going to school, there was a drought, um, and he lived in this area where agriculture was a big deal. So there was no water, they weren't able to produce, you know, vegetation and that type of thing. And so he, you know, was kicked out of school because his father couldn't pay fees, basically. And he ends up in the library studying about windmills and energy. And so he creates the first water turbine or windmill basically in in malawi um and so now he's able you know to produce water and now there's vegetation and yada 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 um and so i see a lot of i see a lot of parallels in that one you know curiosity um you know is a great great den for innovation um i see people who um like you just mentioned, are within a community and because they know the needs of their community, they're able to apply their curiosity to solve problems. Um, do you think that the Malawian experience, living your life as a, Mal a Malawian, um, has allowed you to have access to taking your curiosity and cre creating a solution out of problems that you face in your society? Because I don't... It just seems too much like a coincidence that both you and William have the same passion and drive for your community. Is that something that's fostered in the culture or is that just like a one-off coincidence? Well, I, I see that uh, that is one thing that I'm getting to see a lot um, from Malawi. Like um, I'm always getting inspired uh, like on a daily when I just go out there and see what young people are doing. There are so many young people from Malawi that are, are coming up with innovations from scrap, mm. from scrap, like just collecting metals and then coming up with um, different kinds of innovations that are actually solving problems in the community. And yes, to answer that question, I would say, I think we are more driven by the, by the challenges that our communities are facing. And so we are constantly thinking of what can we do uh, with the limited resources that we have or recycle the resources that we have to come up with a solution uh, to come up with a solution to what to what the, um, the, the the community is facing i can give you an example of one one guy that i know uh, this this guy didn't went to college um, he, he is a young innovator who dropped out from secondary school because of poverty and uh, he went through scrap metal to collect some uh, uh, broken uh, electronics and ICUs just to come up with a device that can measure your heart rate yeah? and that can help doctors to actually know if your heart has some kind of problem based on your heartbeat. So. With stories like that, I can say it's more driven by the problems that are faced by the community, such as such that young people are coming up with solutions to say, I can take this upon myself to come up with a solution.
Hmm. I know Airbus was running, called, put out a call for applications for people working on drones in Africa. Did you hear about that, Dumi? Yeah, I, I, yeah I got to hear about it. Unfortunately, it was, uh, it was already late when, when we, we got... Oh, uh, no. Yeah, it was already late when, 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 when we got the link. But we were sure okay. to be, yeah, yeah, we were sure to, sure to be part, yeah. Okay. I, I actually know one of the people who's running that program, so I can, I can make an introduction. I'll ask him, and I can make okay. an introduction to you. Ladies yeah, and gentlemen. That, that, that would be awesome. Yes, this Hashtag is what we network. do here at, at Not Your African Cliche, guys. We connect people. <laughs> we are the plug, okay? Um, We're the plug. <laughs> and I had another question. So your current drones, do they land or do they... Do they just like drop stuff off, like you know, or do they do the parachute thing? No, so the, so our current drones do land. They 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 land, and then okay. So yeah, so so the thing is, at the other end, we mm-hmm. have yeah, we have a personnel a set a satellite operator that mm-hmm. launches the drone. Okay. Okay. And then at the receiving end, we have yet another satellite operator who receives the the cargo when when the drone lands so they'll go and 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 remove whatever has been sent and then we rush it back okay so it's a vtol drone then is a vertical takeoff and landing drone no it's not a vtol it's um it's 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 just a pusher we call it a pusher uh yeah but we are we are improving on the technology we hope okay. we hope yeah yeah we we hope by the end of this year to have developed a a veto that will be able to 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 vertically take off and vertically okay. land yeah okay. wow that's that's really really awesome and thank you so much for being on on the podcast episode today um just in in closing what is the big picture goal? Because I think another thing that we didn't actually talk about is the fact that you can use these drones for assessments, right? You talked about having imagery with the Raspberry Pi, right? Where you're able to actually assess environmental stressors. So currently there's a flood that's going on in Malawi. And with this technology, you would be able to access um, and kind of give topographical information, right? Yes, 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 yes. That's very true. And we are actually... uh, uh... Uh, planning a trip to visit in Sanji this this week, whereby we'll, we'll be doing the uh, uh, the assessments for for floods using uh, imagery. So looking at the bigger goal for Micromeg, uh, starting with this year, okay, we are we are actually uh, we are actually being active uh, in terms of testing our drones. So that we can um, we can generate that evidence-based data to say we can actually generate that evidence-based data to claim the need for scaling up these activities across the whole country. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. And secondly, the thing is, Micromec is focused on developing what what we call unmanned aerial systems. So mm-hmm. on the unmanned yeah on the unmanned aerial systems, we are looking at the drones themselves. And other supporting systems, be it communicate, communication systems and others that can better support the delivery and transportation, and as well as the imagery, which which then you can use for um, analysis and uh, environmental monitoring. So the bigger picture of, of 
of it all is whereby Micromec is the leading company which is developing uh, UAS systems in Malawi, be it the hardware as well as the supporting systems that can coordinate these activities. Wow, that's that is amazing. Um, we definitely wish you all the luck um, yes. in the world and all the resources that you need to take off. I, I think this is just a great testament to how, like, I feel like some countries, you know, have natural resources, whether it's like limestone or it's, I don't know, petroleum. But I think what it's sounding like to me is that Malawi is a hub of African innovators who just need the opportunity and the financing to move the continent forward. And so um, for anyone who's listening to the podcast episode today, if you want to get in contact with Dumi, we'll have all his information um, in the description box. But Dumi, is there any other way that people can contact you, whether it's for sponsorship or things like that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing is uh, visiting our website which is uh, www.micromec.net. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook by searching Micromec or by searching Dumi Kariati. And you can be able to, to connect with us. If you're on Twitter, you can uh, uh, holler at us at Micromec, at Micromec underscore L-O-T-D. That's at Micromec underscore L-O-T-D. While my Twitter handle is at Dumi Kariati. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the episode today, Dumi. Um, And I want to end the episode with this quote that was made by Ban Ki-moon, who was the former Secretary General of the UN. And he said, one of the most effective channels for eradicating poverty, creating wealth and enhancing competitiveness is through the acquisition, adaptation and application of relevant technologies. And I think, Dumi, you are doing a fantastic job. And in any way that we can rally up support for you, please, please, please let us know. But with that being said, thank you all for listening to today's episode and we will catch you later. Bye. Thank you Bye. So much. Thank you. Bye. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you.